Good evening, everyone. Okay, friends, so let's, let us move into the central tenet of the Christian faith uh, as we celebrate the Holy Trinity. Friends, uh, um, last night I worked and worked and worked. I was really trying to work the Old Testament really into this to show how even from the beginning this was being revealed to the world, uh, this, the nature of God. Uh, but it got so convoluted. <laughs> it turned into six pages, Michelle. <laughs> so I'm like, no, 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 that's not working. Um, so my friends, uh, our first reading it comes from the wisdom books, from Proverbs, and it's so beautiful. And, the, and wisdom has always been, as uh, for anyone who speaks other languages would know, especially like Spanish, um, there's female and male, and uh, not, not that it is female and male, but just the way it spoke. And wisdom has always been personified in a female type thing. So when we hear this, uh, <clears throat> um, I'm just pointing out there's the wisdom of God, uh, and then there's the word of God, the sun, which is different. Um, but uh, if you caught that reading, uh, the relationship, uh, it speaks about wisdom being filled with joy and playing on the face of the earth that God created. God created all things, everything. And wisdom, his wisdom, uh, gets to enjoy and benefit from that. Our second reading, Paul, is uh, ultimately will develop this even further for us. Uh, but once again, we see a relationship. G Paul is talking about uh, Jesus has come and he has fixed a relationship. So now that you may have this. <clears throat> and it was, yes, his Paschal mystery, but in particular, baptism. Uh, where we enter into and we're given that spirit. Um, the reading for this weekend comes from John's gospel, and it comes from a section of the, his gospel where Jesus is preparing to leave, and he's telling the disciples, it's a longer story, but he's telling them, and they're not getting it, and, um, and they're upset and because he's saying he's going away, and... Um, the disciples are just like, we don't understand what you're talking about. Why are you going? Where are you going? And, uh, and this is why Jesus, this piece says, I have more to tell you, but you can't handle it now. And uh, my friends, when it comes to this tenet of our Christian faith, uh, I've read through, especially St. Augustine, whoosh, um, uh, but all the analogies, they all fail. And uh, I am not so clever as to be able to come up with one. <laughs> Uh, that might help you. Um, so we will never uncover the, the great mystery, the full meaning of the marvelous truth of the Trinity. But that doesn't mean we can't appreciate it, and uh, um, even if it's only in a veiled way. And, uh, but my friends, uh, I remember my Trinity teacher, my professor, talking to us, and she said some of the difficulty with the Holy Trinity springs from the way we speak, and she was meaning, in particular, the human word, our human language, and how we understand person. And what person means in the theology of the Trinity is not what person means in the human language. Uh, we use it, it's, a, it's definitely a human word, but we don't mean it the same way, is what she said. She was brilliant. She just wrote a book, and I just bought it, and I'm just... Whoosh. As usual, I just um, that I got an A from her is amazing. Um, we make a mistake in looking at the three divine persons in God in the same way as we would look at a human person, and this is hard for us because um, with people, 
uh, there is a complete distinction with human beings. Uh, they are separate entities. Um, and even though someone would say, we know that you are your mother's son, I am not her. She is not me. And uh, I am not, uh, when we talk about people, one is not the other and cannot be. A human person is their own person, separate. And uh, the three divine persons, then in this sense, uh, if we were to apply that understanding of persons, would mean that there are three gods. And uh, the scriptures do not support that, so it has to be something different. So the three divine persons are not persons in the sense that we understand it, um, which just makes it even more baffling. Uh, each divine person is, in essence, God, whole and entire, but there is only one God, as God has always said, I am the Lord your God, I alone. But there is a distinction in them only, if I can put it this way, in the relationship to one another and in the tasks, for lack of a better term, um, that the scriptures ascribe to each creator, redeemer, sanctifier. You'll hear this over and over again. They remain the same God who produces all of them in everyone, 1 Corinthians 8, 6. As St. John tells us that God is love, uh, John uh, 4, 16. Uh, to this understanding, then, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are personified as love. And my friends, just to complicate it, John 10, 30 says, The Father and I are one. This is the Son talking. In John 17, a few chapters later, line 11, Jesus will say to, about us, that they, Father, he's talking to his Father, that they, Father, will be one as we are one. And then, 17, chapter 17, 21, so that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. If that's not hard enough, this really throws it. That they also may be in us. <laughs> God the Father and Creator, God the Son, the Redeemer, God the Holy Spirit, Sanctifier. And they're not images and pictures and just symbols, but the very presence of life, of family, of relationship. The doctrine of the Holy Trinity puts into human words um, the Christian experience of God as revealed by the Son to us. And my friends, of all the monotheistic religions, monotheistic ones who only hold that there is one God, and of the three, it is um, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. But of the three monolithic, you know, of us three, only one holds Trinity, us, Christians. And uh, <laughs> Islam and Judaism just looks at us like... What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Makes no sense. And uh, that's why I would try to, I wanted really to use the Old Testament to help us see how God has been revealing this from the beginning to us. But we just, as Jesus said in the gospel, you just can't handle it. Um, neither Judaism or Islam recognizes God in his trinity. It is uniquely Christian uh, to know the mystery of God uh, in the trinity of persons. Uh, even greater privilege to know that God 
uh, the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, are part of our lives. That's what Jesus was getting at in that final uh, pericope I've said to you that's so mind-boggling, that we will be in them so that they can be part of our lives or we can be in the life of the Trinity. Either way, it's still baffling. It's hard to comprehend and understand. And uh, uh, last night I was like, you know, let others explain the Trinity. (laughs) By grace, we need to just experience the Trinity. Uh, We don't need to know it. Uh, in our heads, we need to feel it. And I say that because that's what the apostles did. They, they didn't have a doctrine. They didn't have uh, an edict from Rome. Nothing. All they had was what Jesus told them and what they experienced. And uh, this teaching on the Trinity is a central teaching of Christianity. Next week will be Corpus Christi, and I'll talk about the Eucharist, and that's our summit and source. But in Christianity... The Trinity is central and key. It makes all the difference. In the most holy Trinity, Christians profess there is one God and three divine persons. Father, Son, and Spirit. The Trinity is in fact a mystery because the human mind cannot fully understand it. And this poses great challenges for many modern thinkers because... uh, Reason and logic should be able to explain everything, especially of importance. And uh, so for such thinkers, if there is a God, everyone should be able to understand him. And many great intellectuals and theologians have tried and done so valiantly to explain the Trinity using several different images and symbols and analogies. A special note of the one that I kind of like is the sun, which manifests itself um, to us in three distinct forms, heat, light, and energy. And, uh, of course, all the analogies always fall short. And uh, perhaps the most solid approach comes from the scriptures then. Uh, although God uh, never chose to give us a theological treatise on his nature, <laughs> he did reveal himself in history. And that revelation is found in sacred scriptures, all of them. Starting at the beginning and working to the end, the book of Revelation, we find that God first revealed himself as creator, as father, and then he would uh, reveal to us son, and then the Holy Spirit would attempt to help us uh, on a great many things. In the Old Testament, we see, as we heard in the first reading, God acting as creator. He created all things. He's a father. He creates. He created the world and all that is in it, the sun, the moon, the stars, and with him, nothing came to be. Nothing can, not, nothing exists without him. And we see the Father's great love of humanity, for he created us in his image of all the universes. And I know we don't know all of them, but of all the things created, his greatest work is us, because we are in his image, made like him. Such love. It requires great love to do something like that. And even though humanity at times has made a mess of things, God has not remained distant from us. Through covenants with Abraham and Moses, God has put forth his love for humanity and his care and his desire to be in relationship with us. And through it all, God sent prophets that had the same message over and over again God 
loves his creation. And he wants what is his back. Jesus would come and say, reform your lives and return to your father. In this we understand God as father reaching out to reconcile his wayward children, the very ones he created out of nothing. And we are told that in the fullness of time, God sends the son. If you were, the father steps back and allows the son to take center stage with us in the drama of salvation history. When this happens, if you will, the Old Testament closes and the New Testament then begins. And we have our, certainly Paul with the Pauline works, but we have the Gospels. There we see Jesus spent his whole life teaching and preaching, declaring God's love for us and calling his Father's creation to repentance and forgiveness. He shows us not only by word, but by deed, how to live as God's children, ultimately sacrificing his own life for us, a great act of love. And with his Paschal mystery, with his passion and death and resurrection, the revelation ceases as it were. As the word of God, Jesus, is the perfect revelation of the Father. No one will ever be able to reveal more than him. And I don't mean to diss any of the other Christian denominations or any seers or anything, but I'm sorry. Jesus came and revealed everything. You are not going to be able to reveal anything more. It's just not going to happen. There cannot be anyone greater than the Son when it comes to this, for he is the icon of the Father. But still, we see from the writings the apostles were not able to comprehend Jesus so well. They weren't able to grasp the full significance of his message. And many found it too difficult to accept. And in particular, not only his divinity, but as we read in the New Testament, his resurrection of the body. They just couldn't get it. And Jesus would come and have barbecues. <laughs> of all things, barbecues on the beach. <laughs> it's brilliant <laughs> when you think about it. And so simple, but so profound. They had walked with him for three years, so I don't feel so ignorant. <laughs> And they experienced all these things firsthand and yet had so little clue of his divinity. So God sends the Holy Spirit to bring fulfillment to the work that Jesus, the Son, had begun. The Holy Spirit enlightens everything it touches. And the Holy Spirit helps the early church, helps the original apostles and disciples to understand and to accept everything that Jesus had revealed. And he revealed a lot. The Holy Spirit has been guiding and enlightening the church so much that it expanded to all the ends of the earth. And this church exists 2,000 plus years later. The Holy Spirit signifies the continuing and abiding presence of God in the world today, helping his church to understand and to put into practice 
and reality, the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, the Son of Mary. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> so now you understand the Holy Trinity. If I didn't go sit down, yeah? <laughs> if only. But we celebrate this week in the most Holy Trinity. If nothing else, let us give thanks then to God, the Father who created us, to God the Son who redeemed us, and to God the Holy Spirit who continues to live amongst us and the church as a life-giving and sanctifying force so that we may, as Jesus said, be with them, or them in us. <laughs> Holy Trinity is a marvelous mystery of love. The dogma of the Holy Trinity is our human way, again, of speaking about the inner nature of God, but also at the same time, the outer works of God. It is all about God as infinite depth of love in himself and about God expressing this love in a relationship to us. God's love is a trinity of expressions in the divine persons. They constitute a community, a family among themselves. And then because of their great love, it pushes outwards. As care and concern and love for each of you. All this means that one day you and I will return to this family. We will return. We will enter into the heart of the divine God who lives for all eternity. And then and only then will we truly understand and as Jesus said, then will your hearts be filled. Then will you have joy, and no one will ever take that joy from you. Ta-da! <laughs> yes, brother. <laughs> you didn't, did, you, did you understand anything Father was talking about? Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Now I can go home and have a cupcake <laughs> and enjoy the evening. I know I get emotional about it because it's all about love and family and relationship. And if none of the other analogies work, this should right here. Mother and father, children, love, relationship, family. If we can't approach the Holy Trinity from that intellectual, let us exp from experiential, from the empirical. God is constantly putting how he is out for us to see because he knows our little brains can't handle it. And yet, he puts it right in front of us to see always so that we would stop trying to use just this. Sorry, St. Augustine, because he was big on that. But start using this to enter into the mystery. This, the heart, as Jesus said, from there, from there, you find the goodness and holiness and love. Because that is where they are. That is what Jesus said. This is where you will find us. Not out there, brother. <laughs>